0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: When a time of temptation, when a time of trial, when a time of, of testing comes, God's Word will just come to the surface and God will speak to you through the Word that's been sown in. There's a quote from Billy Graham that says, The Word of God hidden in the heart is a stubborn voice to suppress. The word of God hidden in a heart is a stubborn voice to suppress. And that's when the word is coming up and you know you're not supposed to do something. And the word is like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And you have to either suppress that truth, but it's stubborn because it's going to be right there. God's, God's spirit is faithful.
0: How much of God's word do you have memorized? Today, Pastor Bill will remind you that memorizing portions of Scripture is what truly gives meaning to the Bible being symbolized as a sword. When trials come and difficulties rear their ugly heads, we can defend ourselves with the Word of God. The Bible is our weapon against the attack of the enemy. Imagine you are scared you won't have enough income to pay your bills. A scripture about trust may come to mind and remind you that God will provide. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: I'm saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, and as I'm saying it, I'm thinking it through, and I'm asking God as I'm saying it, what does that mean? What do I get from that? And just talking the word through. And I'd be amazed at how, how I would do that, and it just opens up, becomes more. I was doing that with this chapter. And it was like, you know, Paul said that, that last verse, that all who died live God in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And it says, but. And I know but means there's like a change of context. You know, but you. And he gives him some direction. But even men and apostles will go first. And then it says, but. And it turns it again. It's like, every time I see but, I'm like, but, but, but. And I didn't get that when I just read it fast. But when I read it slow and I meditate, I'm like, oh, I see the but. I see the but. I see another but. But, but, but. You know, and I just, you read it and I'm like, you just, it just opens up, I understand, but I got to read it slow. I got to take some time with it. I got to spend a little time. So meditation is important. It's been said that reading the Bible without meditating is like trying to eat without swallowing. Try that. <laughs> don't try that. <laughs> We'd be at the ER praying for you, you know? So you you don't eat, you know, you chew your food up and it's like, who's so good? You just leave it in your mouth. No, you swallow it. You get the nutrients from it. And they say, you know, trying to read the Bible without meditating is like, Eaten, you tasted it. Well, that was, that was good. But you never got the nutrition from it because you never took it in. You never swallowed it. Um, we want to spend time meditating in the word. Another thing is this. And we talked about it already. He said all scripture is inspired. Um, it's all of it. Um, the it, quote from A.W. Tozer says nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Um, we can't not take what we like and leave out what we don't. Um, And again, there are many people that say, well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a Christian, too, you know, but, you know, I'm not going to acknowledge the stuff that I don't like. You can't do that with the Bible. You can't come to the word and say, I'm not going to conform. I come to the word to say, God show me. And over the years, God keeps showing me and God will keep showing me. What's not right, what is right, what to do, what not to do. And my life will continue to be transformed until I meet him face to face. Um, That's how it's supposed to work. God's right. The Bible says, let God be true. And every man are what? A liar. So he's true. He's right. I'm wrong. If 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 my life comes in conflict with the teachings of Scripture, God's not wrong. I'm wrong. And when I'm wrong, he's told me in the word what to do when you're wrong. What do you do? You repent. You make a U-turn. God will forgive you. and He'll give you a chance to walk in newness because he's so good. He's so merciful. He's so gracious and he loves you so much. And so it keeps the walk fresh. Man, as I see what's wrong, I can say, man, God, I I just as I'm reading that, I see that what I'm doing is wrong. I'm sorry that I'm wrong and I'm going to turn away from it now. God says, awesome. You got a new slate. I forgive you. Only God. God does that for us. Um, But that's how we got to come to the word. I cannot come to the word and say, well, God, I I like this so much. And even though you say don't do it, I, I see what you're saying, but. You can't do God like that. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that that's their response. Well, I know the Bible says this, but that, that when, once you say, but then that's everything's wrong after that. God, I know you said, but you can't say, I know you said so. So I'll repent. So I bow the knee. And so um, we take God at his word. We take, we, we, we submit to his truth as he shares it with us. The Bible has absolute authority, Right. Um, there isn't a truth that's that's above the Bible. I don't look to somewhere else. The Bible is my supreme source of truth. It's got all authority. It's from God. And so if the scientist says this, but the Bible says this, who do you go with? You go, you better go with your Bible. Science has been wrong every year. You know this about science, right? It's the only book. Math books don't have to be changed from year to year because the math what the multiplication table when you was 10 still is applicable today. The science book from when you were 10 is wrong today. Science constantly, we're, we're constantly making advancements. This is what they call advancements. We find out constantly that the science of 10 years ago was wrong, but now. And they got, but, but now. But now that's science. Every three, four years, they got a new theory and a new this and a new that. And if you listen to science in the news last year, if you drink coffee, you can get cancer. This year, three cups of coffee a day to keep your heart in good health. And it's just like y'all don't know what y'all talking about. They ain't no authority. So you just stick with your Bible. It's not changing. Um, psychologists and, and educated folk and you know Oprah's and you know whoever the, 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 the TV therapists are of our day. You can't go with that. Well, you know, I know the Bible says that, you know, God hates divorce, but Oprah said, you know, I just God just wants me to be happy. And so that's why she's single. She's gonna be single, you know? I'd be amazed at how these people be giving counsel and they ain't even proof. You know, Dr. Phil, marriage ain't good. Did y'all know, have y'all looked into that? Anyway, so you, you stick with your Bible, right? God said, I made marriage, I made man, I made woman. I know how the thing works. And if you do it the way I tell you to do it, it'll work. You go with God's word, right? He's never gonna be wrong, He has all authority. Don't ever give someone or something a place of authority above him. He's got all authority, all power. He's never wrong about anything ever. If you make it your, if you make it your point to submit to him, you will find that I end up on the right side of things frequently. I end up where I need to be when I just submit to God, when I go with his way above my way, above the way of others. I just go with what God says and it, God's never wrong. God's never going to be, God never has to say sorry. God never said, you know what? I'm, that, I'm sorry about that one verse, y'all. I would have really meant was this, but you know, God ain't never saying that, right? He just left it there, you know, and it's not wrong. It's going to be right. So, um, all authority, you let authority stay with the Lord. You stay on that side of it. Um, memorization, um, all sorts of different ways that people go about memorizing the Bible. It's important that you memorize scripture. Um, it's important. It's, it's good for your walk with the Lord. Psalm all oh, right, 119.11, uh, the psalmist says, I have hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's amazing how that when you have sown God's word in your heart, you may have sown it in a long time ago, but it'll just come up at times because it's sown in there. But y'all know God's spirit can't bring up word that wasn't sown in. And so you want to spend time memorizing. How do you memorize a word? Everybody does it different. Um, I find that when I'm doing my meditation and I'm speaking the word, of that's how I end up memorizing stuff. I just keep saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. I'm saying it while I'm reading it. I look away and I'm saying it. And I'm saying it while I'm reading it. Next thing I know, I know the thing. I can say the whole thing and I know it. Um, but you want to spend time intentional. I want to memorize the word of God. I want to have it sown in my heart. Um, some things get sown in our hearts that we wish we can get rid of. Some of y'all got some songs. Uh, I do. There's songs I haven't listened to since I was in high school. But if the first two words come on my 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 mind's like, oh yeah, wait, wait, you know, I just I know the whole thing. And it's like, oh man, you know, and I, I, I mean, y'all know I I I, I don't sing, but i I sing around. Everybody I sing, whatever I hear last, whatever last song they play here at church is gonna be on the file until I hear something better. And it always ends up, I'll be walking around singing a song and I don't know, that's probably the last thing I heard at church. It's a good and a bad thing. It's a blessing and a curse. Because sometimes I'll go in somewhere and I'm just walking through the store. And I just start singing what I'm hearing in the store. I took my daughter to Simply Wholesome the other day and they were playing something in there. And I just start singing along. She's like, Where you, where you know that from? Oh, man. <laughs> from back there, man. I didn't even know I was doing it, you know, without even thinking. But it's in there. It's, it's sewn in. I remember it. While I can't get rid of all the junk I know, right, I, I, I can't replace it. I only got so many gigs of data right here. So um, I want to just sow God's word in. I want to memorize it. I want to get to know it. The psalmist said again, it says, God, the, I've hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's amazing how that, when a time of temptation, when a time of trial, when a time of, of testing comes, God's word will just come to the surface and God will speak to you through the word that's been sown in. Um, there's a quote from Billy Graham that says, the word of God hidden in the heart is a stubborn voice to suppress. The word of God hidden in a heart is a stubborn voice to suppress. And that's when the word is coming up and you know you're not supposed to do something and the word is like, ooh, 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 ooh. And you have to either suppress that truth, but it's stubborn because it's going to be right there. God's, God's spirit is faithful. And he'll be there just saying, uh-uh, oh, oh, it's is what it says. This is what it says. It'll be right there to keep you from going down the wrong path, doing the wrong thing. So... Um, We want to give time to meditate in the word. This one is very important. It's we read the word, we study the word, we listen to Bible studies, we meditate on the word, we memorize the word. All of that is absolutely impotent, powerless. If we don't commit to living out what we're taking in. If you take in word, if I'm at church taking in the word, I get up in the morning, read the word. I spend time meditating on the word and I'm memorizing the word. But I don't have a heart that's obedient and submissive to the word. You will be a a very unstable individual, and worse, you will be deceived. Um, James 1, verse 22, if you're writing notes, you can write that down. Uh, But it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And think about that. How is that? He said, Be doers. And not just here is only deceiving yourself. There's something that takes place in the mind of a person that's just hearing the word. But I know that. I know that. But you're not doing it. So somehow the fact that you know it convinces you that you're OK, but you've never done it. I can't tell you how many times I've done a marriage counseling and you're telling someone I, I know you're going to tell me love her like a love church. You know, you're me, submit to my husband. But, but, but she's not submitting and he's not loving it. Like, that's why you all here. That's why it's all busted up. It's, y'all knowing it is irrelevant. Y'all not doing it. You're not doing it. It's, it's knowing it, okay. But the goal of knowing is doing. And so we want to make sure that we're mixing our knowledge of the word with obedience and submission. Where you don't just know it, but God, I'm learning it so I could do it. I want this to transform my life. I want to do the things that you show me to do. Spouting off or just repeating or quoting scripture by itself has no power at all. There's, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't defeat the devil. It doesn't bring you into a life of victory. It's, it's really powerless until you submit to obey it. But you take the word that you know and, and submit it to obedience and that can make a powerful life. Victory over the devil, right standing with the Lord, uh, successful in your service, the things that you do for the Lord. Um, all these different things can be going right because you know it and you do it. You take that same person that knows it but doesn't commit to do it, and it's like that person is defeated and they're defeated by the enemy, defeated by their own flesh. They're not having victory. They're all frustrated. And it's like, but they know they know everything they're supposed to do. They just aren't doing it. So you want to mix your knowledge of the word with submission and obedience or else you could end up very self-deceived. Feeling like I'm OK, but you're not OK. None's OK because um, it's not OK. To, it's not enough to just know it. You got to know it and then do it. Think about how many people are gonna end up in hell that knew the gospel and how that's gonna haunt them for all eternity. Most people that are going to go to hell know the gospel. That's blow. I just I think about that. I, I mean, think about they're gonna be in hell remembering when they heard it preached, remembering the people that shared it with them, remembering the stuff that they read, but they never submitted to it, but they know the gospel, but they're gonna be in hell, knowing the gospel. That's I just man, that's 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 horrendous. I was at the hospital one time and um, rolled up. And as I'm rolling up, I see all these nurses in there because I know cause they got their gear on outside having a smoke. And I'm just like, now who knows better that they ain't supposed to be smoking than someone that working in medical. Like y'all finna go treat people that got lung issues and struggling with issues, emphysema and everything else. And y'all out here dragging on you one. I'm like, it just, you're looking at it like, man, that knowledge have not... It, did, it didn't it didn't help. It's not helping them. What they know is not benefiting them. And same thing is true with a Christian that know the Bible, but won't live it. People be looking at you saying, but you go to church all the time. Look at your life. Because it's because you're knowing you like that nurse out there getting you a drag on a new port. It's like you just your knowledge is not benefiting you. We want to know it and we want to obey what we know. Uh, next thing, um, as you read the word, sometimes you're going to come across things that you don't understand. What should you do when that happens? When you read something, you say, I don't know what this is talking about. Um, first thing you should do is pray. You pray for illumination. You pray for the, the the God that wrote this to give you illumination. God, would you open up my eyes? Would you show me what this means? Help me to understand what I am reading. before you read a book, before you ask a pastor, before you seek it from somebody. Not that those things are bad and not that there wouldn't be times where that would be good to do. But that shouldn't be your first move. Let your first move be as you read the word. I want to I want to i gonna pray that God would help me. He would illuminate. it. He would show me what it means. So you take it to the Lord. Um, you know, if you, if you read a book in the dark, you know, if you're reading something good and it's getting dark, you know, you, you get to some light and you turn the light on to it, you know, so you could see it. Um, same thing when you're reading the word. It's like, man, it just got real dim. I don't understand what it's talking about. You pray that the God who wrote it would give illumination and he would show you what he's talking about. One thing that I would just point out to us is, and I said it earlier on, if I read this like a textbook and I just become a very informed person. like I, I know all the information of the book, um, but this is a living book. This is the word of God. And the Bible says again in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. This is where God is revealing himself to me. This is not a book of information. This is a book of God. This is where God reveals himself. This is where the living God speaks to living souls and living people and reveals himself and interacts with us through his word. He speaks to you. He speaks to your heart. He speaks to your soul. He speaks supernaturally through his his word. And so it's getting to know God. I'm I'm not reading a dead book. I'm not reading a history book. I'm not reading a geography book. I'm reading reading the book of God. I'm getting to know God. And I got to come to the Bible like that. I can't come just for information. I got to come to be transformed. It's been said that, you know, we, we come to the Bible. James said the Bible is like a mirror. And, and and when you come into the, when you go into a normal mirror, you walk up to it, you look at yourself as probably everybody here did at some point in time this morning. Some of y'all did it all the way here. Some of you ladies, they got, my, I got ladies, they got mirrors everywhere. Mirrors flip down out of the 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 the, the visor. I'm like, the sun's not even up, but the, the mirror's down, you know, and they have mirrors in their purses and Phone be a mirror. they be looking at themselves in the phone for a mirror, but just checking things, making sure everything is right. That's okay. As you get it together. But the word it says is like a mirror. And when you look into the word, God is showing you what you look like. And sometimes you read the word and say, well, I I, I look just like it says. It's confirming that what you're doing is correct. And so you can walk away from the mirror and say, all right, I'm I'm where I need to be. Sometimes you look in the mirror, you you realize I I, I need to put something on. Um, I'm lacking something. And you look into the word and God will show you something. I'm lacking. I'm lacking in that. I, I need to walk in love. I need, to, I, need to, I need to put that on. And so you put it on. Sometimes you look in the mirror and say, I need to take that off. And you look into the word and God says, you need to cut that out. You put that off. Take that thing off and don't put it back on ever again. It don't fit. You know, and you, you just put it off. It's a mirror and it's, it's for transformation. And I've often said this, the word is a mirror, not a microscope. I don't study the word so I can put you under it and, and, and examine you. My primary going to the word is that God would put me in the mirror of his word and continue his work of transformation in my life. I need to be transformed more than I need to examine you. And so my primary going to the word is for examination. Now, Jesus did say, you know, you deal with the speck in your eye, you know, you deal with the plank in your eye so you can help your brother out with the speck in his. So in dealing with yourself. You'll be better equipped to help somebody else with the things that they're struggling with. But some people go to the word and it's just they're, they're only going to the word to look at everything else. That's the wrong way. Primarily, I'm, I'm the one that needs help and I'm the one that's being transformed as I come to the living word of God. And so I want to close with this exhortation to us as a church, as individual Christians, everything that we just looked at here We know Paul telling Timothy the word of God is useful for this, it's profitable, it gives you wisdom for salvation, it'll save you, it'll teach you how to live right, instruction for righteousness, and all these different things. It'll correct you, it'll show you what not to do, it'll show you what to do. And all of this, if we heard this today, and we don't do something about it, is useless. If I don't take what I'm reading, if I don't take what I'm hearing, and if it doesn't impact me, if I don't do something different this week because of what God spoke to me today, then it's it's a waste of time. You could have slept in that hour that you got up. But y'all got up and y'all came here. So I believe y'all want to do something. This will be my encouragement to all of us because this is how God's word works. Some of you heard things today that you would say, I'm doing that. And it felt good because you're like, that's exactly what I do. I do examine. I do read it. I do meditate. And it is confirmed in your heart that what you're doing is the right thing. My encouragement to you would be to keep doing those things, um, that you would continue in that, continue in those good habits that you've created some of you maybe heard some things that you're doing and some things that you're not. And as you heard the things that you're not doing, can I encourage you to write it down? Write it down what you're not doing. You know what I don't, I don't do memorization. You know? Don't make excuses, just do something. Some people, oh I'm, you know, I, I got a bad memory. I don't remember nothing. So I'm not even gonna try to memorize. No, no. You can memorize something. You might just memorize if you if it's one verse a year, get you something sewn in your heart, get you something memorized. Don't don't buy that y'all. Anybody know me knows I have a bad memory, but you know, what's amazing. God's word will stick. So I'll be forgetting everything. But then this this will stick It's something different. The word is supernatural. So you find where you need to commit. If there's something that, you know, I you want know, to I, I want to make sure that I'm a, maybe you, maybe you commit to do the Bible reading every year. You've never done it. Could I encourage you? Not because I'm not condemning you. I'm not beating you down. I love y'all. But could I encourage you to pick it back up today? That can I tell you that there's no good reason for you not to continue in that practice and that habit. Could you pick it back up today? Go do today's reading. Pick back up from today and let that be. Let it be a habit. Let it be a good habit that you form in your life where I'm gonna give God a chance every day to speak to me. And maybe you take from the reading some portion that really speaks to you. And you say later on, I'm gonna go back to that and meditate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to that portion right here and leave your marker there and you go back and you meditate on it. And you just let the word of God. Do surgery. Let it minister to you. Let it do what it does in your life. So my exhortation is that you would take what you heard today and you would do something. Some, everybody here heard something that you could do today. So I'm encouraging you to do that. Lastly, um, as I exhorted and encourage you parents, as Paul told Timothy, you've known these things since childhood. Uh, I encourage every parent that is battling um, with, you know, bringing them and taking them and trying to teach it to them and showing it to them. I would exhort you that primarily they were getting it from home. You know, Paul said, Timothy, you heard it from childhood, but it's from mom and grandma. And so moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, if you have the privilege and opportunity to do that with your kids, make sure that you're doing that. Make sure that you're the one. I I want my kids to be ministered to here, but that's not going to be primary. Um, they gonna, I'm going to be primary. I want to be the one primarily sowing in spiritual truths, talking to them about the word of God, telling them what it means, showing them how to do it. You know, I want to I want to pass that on to my family. And so, you know, you want to pass it on. Make sure that you're doing your part. Love on them. Share with them. That means you're going to be accountable. You got to live right. Some parents don't want to say nothing about the word because you're living so bad. You're like, and you know, the kids. Well, I just heard you cuss out Grandma. And now you're going to talk the Bible, you know, so get your life in order too. you know, make sure that you're living um, so that your words will be meaningful. They'll be impactful. Um, Worst thing in the world is for somebody to be telling somebody don't do what they are doing. You guys watch your mouth. But I learned that word from you. I'll even learn the intonation from you. You know, so um, but for every parent that we would take seriously, the opportunity we have with our kids to sow in spiritual truths. And particularly for you guys that are saying, but I don't see the fruit. They don't seem like they're getting it. They they look like they hate it. It's OK. Continue in faith. Right. You just take that one verse. The word of God. It does not go. It does not return void, but it accomplishes what God sent it to do. And you give it out in grace. You give it out in meekness. You give it out in love. You give it out in patience. And I was as I was praying about sharing this part. This is what God put on my heart. Be careful that you're not. So this is what people do. Right. I know you're not saved. I know you're not walking. So I always want to tell you verses that will speak to you about how you're living wrong. Don't do that. Just speak God's word. Sometimes it'll be that. Sometimes it'll be something encouraging. Sometimes it'll be something edifying. But just just give them the word. You know what? I was reading this today and it ministered to me. And I'm gonna just tell it to you because it's the living word of God. It won't go out void, but it'll accomplish what God said. Don't let it always be. I'm telling you what you shouldn't be doing with the word. When you whipping them with the word, don't do that. But share the word with them. Sometimes the best way to share the word with someone that's not walking with God is sharing with them what God is speaking to you through the word. And so I leave you parents with that. Share share God's word with your kids in whatever way you can. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for how it impacts our lives and how it ministers to us and helps us to know who you are. And God, I pray that we would take what we heard today and that God, it would impact how we live and impact what we do. I impact the time that we spend in your presence and personally with you.
0: You've been listening to a transforming word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from 2 Timothy is available to be listened to again on our website. Just visit CalvaryInglewood.org and click on media, or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. We'd love for you to join us for church this weekend, too. Calvary Chapel Inglewood meets at 9 and 11 a.m. on Sundays to worship God. Learn from His Word and be together as the family of God. You'll find directions and the latest information at our website, calvaryinglewood.org. We also get together each Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're not able to make it in person, you can join us virtually through our live stream. Visit calvaryinglewood.org to connect to YouTube Live and be sure to subscribe to our page. You can catch up on previous week's services there too. All of that is available again at CalgaryEnglewood.org. Before we go today, we'd like to take a moment and invite you to be a part of what we're doing here at A Transforming Word. Would you preferably consider becoming a financial partner of this ministry? Each gift, no matter the size, is used to keep the program growing and reaching people with the gospel message. If you feel like God is leading you to support us this way, you can give securely at CalvaryEnglewood.org or through our mobile app. Thanks for praying about this. And thanks for tuning in to A Transforming Word.